Welcome once again to All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. I'm your host, Kiff Vandenhubel. Uh, thank you for tuning in, for either subscribing or listening or joining us and just uh, just being here uh, in, in however you are here. Uh, today, I'm excited to bring in uh, my dear friend and fellow Voice NATO um, participant, the lovely, the talented, Mr. Eric Lopez. Hello, Kiff. Hello, Eric. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude. Um, we've known each other for... God, I feel oh, like I've wow, known dude. you. For, I feel like I've known you for as long as I've been at CESD. How long have you been at CESD? I came in 2011. Oh yeah, man. We've known each other then since since, since I've then. been there. Before, I was there before 11, 2011. When'd you when'd you go to CESD? Dude, I was, I've been there for a while now. I think it's I went there in maybe oh six or oh seven or oh, something. Oh wow. Yeah, dude. It's been a while. I mean, not that I was working a lot, of it, but <laughs> well, I was you were there. chasing it. You I were was, there. I was there. I was in the corner waiting my turn. <laughs> Did you, I don't, I don't even know how old you are. I assume that I, for some reason I always assume everything's I'm a kid, man. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Like I did. A, I remember I did a, I mean, it's, I guess it's cool, but it's kind of, it sucks because that means like when I actually do look my age, I'm just going to like hit the wall one day <laughs> and I'm just going to like be like this little old man. No, I'm actually, yeah, people are surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm 37, man. Wow. Yeah, I'm 37. I know. People think I'm in my 20s. I absolutely just yeah. assumed that you were in your 20s. Yeah, I was like, like, you know. Yeah, I did this, uh, this thing with, uh, Peter Fairley and, uh, and, uh, it was like this puppet thing. It was like this pu- live action puppet human like show. It was like this pilot. It was awesome. Um, thanks to our agent Pat Brady for that thing. Yeah, that was cool working with him with Peter Fairley. And, but and he just kept calling me the kid. Where's the kid? <laughs> Everybody, where's the kid? Y'all seen the kid? Yeah, so like, I just it felt good. I'm like, oh, I'm not a kid, but it's nice to be called the kid. Were you doing puppetry on it too, or were you just doing voices? Was, or yeah, I was doing. They had like a cholo puppet, and like <laughs> you know, they, I'm sure I'm probably for TV. They probably like, oh, we can't have a white guy doing a cholo. We need a real Mexican in here. So they brought me in, you know. <laughs> And so, uh, t- actually, uh, n- another buddy of ours, Tim Blaney, yeah, who's a voiceover actor and puppeteer, super talented, oh, along man. with uh, Michael Ostrom, yes, um, Drew, is it Drew Ma- Massey? Drew Massey, yeah. Massey, yeah, Massey, Drew Massey was like the main dude. Oh my god, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of talented guys on that project. Surprised it didn't get picked up. I heard it's you know, it's still in the air. I mean, anything can happen. But, it's still um, up in the air. I hope. My God, I those. I mean, what a what a freaking lineup too. I mean. Yeah. I just saw Michael perform with Puppet Up, and I I I I know oh, Michael dude. from seeing him in the lobby. Michael and stuff, but... is a riot, dude. That guy oh, is so talented. Like he did so many characters, and they were so far apart from each other. He's that guy is awesome. Oh man, yeah, That's it was awesome. it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so so Tim was doing my puppet for me, and I was standing right next to him doing like live ADR. I was like, yeah, fool, you know, I'm gonna stab you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool experience. I kind of wanted to work the puppet myself, but like, man, that's some serious business. Like, they that is that, serious business. They don't mess around. Like, I was, I was like, I grabbed my puppet like off the little stand, and like the dude got, like, they got a guy named the the, the puppet master, or the puppet father. Though I don't know what he is, but he just he got pissed. He's like, hey, don't be touching the puppets. So that's only for the puppeteers and for myself to touch. I'm like, all right, sorry, sorry, man. But I, yeah, I like pulled my puppet off. I was like. Rawr, rawr doing that the whole thing and, yeah i wanted to try it but yeah there's a lot going on those dudes man i got oh i mean i always respected puppeteers but i have a whole new higher respect now yeah. for those guys because dude i i was watching drew and that guy was like 
he had a monitor. And so like, he's like kind of almost like, you know, I guess it's like looking into a mirror. He's got to do his movements for the puppet. Yeah. Uh, read his lines and mind the monitor. It's just like, it's nuts. Man. My, 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 oh, I'll uh, be like twisted in like a pretzel position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the endurance of being able to do that and keep your arm yeah. above your head and sustain it for that yeah. long, at least in that, that Henson style of puppeteering. Yeah, and, dude, I'm sure those guys just go to the gym and do shoulder presses only just to keep those puppets to. up. I had yeah. uh, Julianne Boucher come on the show and she talked about, you know, doing that because she's on, you know, she's on the Muppet show now and was on freaking that dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, I love the Muppet. The Muppet show is so Dude, it funny. got a lot of flack, but like, it's good. It is. Like, how can you get mad because someone's like, you know, um, injecting something new into this, this property, right? Like, I completely agree. Yeah. Like, I love, I love it, man. They're all like writers and they're all kind of industry people. It's, yeah. It's super cool. It's what variety shows have become. Yeah. It makes sense to take it into a new direction and to, and yeah. to modify it. I think it's really because funny. Because they can still work in those, those bits and those, those like little, uh, the songs and stuff that they used to do on the old Muppet show. Yeah. But with this new, in this new way, like, oh, we're going to, it's basically showing them their real selves and then like, oh, this is our, Professional, so I think it's cool. It's like a dual thing. I do too. Know. It's our it's our Tuesday night tradition. Has been watching the Muppet Show. We pop popcorn. We sit on the couch and we watch. Who's you know, your favorite? Uh, I've always loved Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo's cool. Yeah, he's he was my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah, but like, dude, Pepe is like <laughs> okay. I, who does that guy's voice? Who is that guy? Oh man, someone right now is yelling the answer. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know either. I is, need to look into that. Steve Whitmire does he do it? I don't know, dude. But that guy is hilarious. He's really funny. So funny. It's a great character. Is, is Oz, Frank Oz still doing it? Not on this current Muppet show, no. no. Dude, whoever's doing his character sounds just like him. Incredible. That bear that... Oh, yeah. yeah. What's his name? <laughs> I don't even know his name either. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Is, is it Bob? Uh, Bobo. Bobo. Bobo yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that guy's so funny. Yeah. I love Chip. Mm. The... the uh, <laughs> Chip's new, right? Yeah, Chip's a new character. Guy with they, the weird eyes. He make his eyes. They make yeah. his irises blink. It's yeah, brilliant. That's funny. Yeah, he's like got these like tweaker like eyes, and then like <laughs> the so irises quick. blink. Such a weird character. Yeah, says such horrible things. And Dave Golds, who puppets Gonzo, uh, has been was was I think the one puppeteer from the old school puppeteer who's still present. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the, I love the stuff that they do with those yeah, characters. I it's like so that fun. show, man. I'm glad it's still on. I hope it stays on. Me too. I mean, we need more. The world needs more puppets. I agree. <laughs> we need more puppets. Everything is better with puppets. Like, <laughs> like when they start using CG for all these movies, like, like I'm glad they did use they did use some puppet, you know, puppeteering in in the new Star Wars, which is great. Yes, because. Man, that that's what made those movies great. I was talking yeah. with uh, the the girls at the at the office the other day, and they were yeah. just—I mean, these are young girls, these are young women yeah. who weren't even around when those movies were, and they even appreciate the the you know the the puppetry and the and the and the the, the miniatures. Like, yeah, it just gives it so much more life than than CG. No, no, no offense to all the CG people out there. You guys do great they work, They do amazing yeah, work, but, and the way the weight and the presence and things that. That some you know when you see yeah. lousy CG, oh, yeah. it sticks it out like pulled, a sore thumb. Yeah. But to be able to integrate those things together when there's a hybrid of puppetry yeah. and and CG and stuff, and it's cool that a character can be built out of multiple either people or performers working together. Yeah, it's really really cool. It's yeah. just more jobs. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I I'm with you 100. percent Like I think of all those pictures in particular, Jabba's palace. And all those characters in, mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi, the, yeah. the physical, like Jabba the Hutt and Salacious Crumb and the, the musical yeah. number and everything. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it is, man. You know? 
I, I miss all that stuff. I wish they would go back to doing more. It's good. I mean, it seems like it's coming back a little bit, but yeah. not as much as it there's, should. There's an embracement of that kind of stuff going on, yeah. and it's good to see it. It's, I mean, it speaks to the child in all of us. It does. It truly does. <laughs> and even though here we sit in a uh, in a hunter's lodge, uh, <laughs> reflecting upon our kills, uh, <laughs> I still fantasize of John running through the streets of London carrying a small red balloon. It's too bad you don't have video for this. This place is nice. You guys, everybody out there, you should see this studio we're in. It's like it's got I, like vel- blue velvet walls. And- we do have video capability, but I've always done this show with without video, just because yeah. it it changes the nature of yeah. our conversation. Well, yeah, way. it's better just to let people make up pictures in their head, right? Yeah, I think but it, so. It's nice. It's really classy in here. I feel like I should be wearing a suit. Well, you are wearing a suit in the world of video. Uh, you're, yeah. you're wearing with your smoking I'm, jacket and your I'm ascot and your pipe. A blue velvet suit <laughs> to go with the walls. That's why I can't barely see you. <laughs> so, how did you how did you get started in this whole thing? Did you you're from Arizona originally, aren't you? Um, I was born and raised in Arizona. Uh, Always wanted to be an actor. Like I was in drama and like junior high, but then like high school, I didn't stick with it. I should have stuck with it in high school. Um, but I wanted to be a freaking jock, and I'm not a jock, man. I what, wanted what to be you- an athlete so bad. I mean, I'm five foot six. You know, I, I was, I was, ch- I was, you know, chubby, overweight, and like uncoordinated. I'm not, I'm not. I guess I'm pretty coordinated because I, I can. I got some good moves. I can dance, uh-huh. but um. I just not not fast, you know, not quick, not not super athletic. I had a pretty good jump shot, but I mean, I'm slow, you know. (laughs) So, but I wanted to be an athlete so bad, you know. You know, obviously, you're in high school. You want to get the girls. You want to you want to show up and wear your jersey on Friday, right? Right. Get your Letterman's jacket. Say your name on the PA. Yeah, yeah. Running out there for the rallies. That was the best. And they announce you like when you before you run out there, and then they they bump up your your height and weight to make you seem bigger. Like, well, that left. Guard Eric Lopez five nine. I'm like five nine. Yeah, give me three inches. <laughs> um, but you know, I wanted to. So like, I stopped acting in school. Hmm. Uh, I got out of drama. I should have just did that, man. I would, I, you know. And then I always knew I wanted to come out here. Like ever since I I made the decision in junior high to to come to LA and be an actor, but I ne- I didn't do it till after college. So yeah, yeah. So I came out here in '01, and then uh, I actually started. Doing uh, stand up, I did I did one open mic in in Tempe, Arizona, at the Improv. Uh, I killed it. I, it was awesome. It was like one. It was probably like one of the top comedy experiences like ever. It was the it wow. could it could my first time on stage couldn't have been any better because of the fact that the way they did their open mic, they did it after the the main show. Okay, like they got this whole you know lineup of these you know awesome comedians, and then you know you you draw a number or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you get, you know, so in that open mic, you want to draw an early number because the crowd thins out after they see, oh, these guys are terrible. These right. are open micers. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I was lucky enough to draw like number five or something. So nice. I still had a nice crowd. And I there was a couple there. guys who didn't kill straight out the gate, too. Oh, no. So they're, no, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, those open mics are always a challenge in oh, that way. Oh, yeah, man. So, was... when, so you've got a couple stinkers or a couple guys just going, wow, that light's really bright. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you come up. Yeah. And crush. Yeah. Well, it was, it was cool because like everybody was there. They're like, you know, people, and it's, it's Arizona. You know, there's not, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff out there, but like 
when you're not in LA or New York or something, people aren't really jaded when it comes to like live oh. shows. Like, oh, we get more free show. All right, we're gonna stay. Yeah. You know? And then, yeah. So like when I got up there, I had a huge crowd. I did my little was he was like three minutes or something. <laughs> three minutes. I just did a bunch of like impressions. I did like Sean Connery hitting on chicks and and like <laughs> I did all, I did all this stuff. And did you do? I'm sorry, I don't want to stop you in the middle of that story. I'll come no, back to no, it because no, no, I'm problem. curious about. I am curious about your impression life. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but keep going. I'll come back to that. Well, oh yeah. So I, so I just, yeah, I did, but I, and I, I did really well there. And then after that, I was like that, you know, I was planning on coming out here anyways. Yeah. I was like, let me do this to see if I can do this over there. Yeah. And then I did it, did good. I had a, my first time at the comedy store. I did really well. Um, Bobby Lee's a huge comedian. Yeah. And he was on Mad TV. He, yeah. He actually approached me after my very first open mic there. It was the same type of situation. I had a great crowd, good energy. I just did really well, man. I mean, someone was like really carrying me through that whole thing because it really kept me going. Like that fueled me when things got bad. I just remember those experiences. Yeah. And those, the things that people, you know, the good things that people said to me and I, I just kept going. That's awesome. Yeah. So Bobby Lee, I got to meet Bobby once. Uh, my friend Keegan was on Mad TV and, and yeah. like hanging out backstage one time and it's <laughs> like a, R2-D2 shirt on. Oh, dude. That guy, he's, he's so super, nice and super nice. Funny. He's nutty, though. He's crazy. Like, he's just, when you when you see, that's how he is off stage, too. He's, he's crazy, yeah. man. He's funny, though. Yeah. Oh, man. So so you came out in 2001, and what, had you just graduated from college, or were you just I never, like- You know, I, the college whole thing was just an, it was an experience for me. I never, I didn't get a degree. I didn't. Okay. I just went to- Where'd you go? I went, <laughs> I just did a bunch of, took a bunch of community classes, dude. I was like, I didn't, my brother was at ASU at Arizona State. Okay. I wanted to go, but I was like, yeah, there's nothing really there for me. It's like a law school and like, mm. uh, you know, there's all this, there's nothing really, I mean, they have a pretty decent arts program, but I wasn't going to blow all that money on that. You know, I was yeah. still, I was just uh, doing, uh, I was studying, actually looking into going, I think my fear of failing at, at being an actor was carrying me into uh Trying to excuse me, yeah. Uh, go into computer animation because you know I'm an artist too. I'm a, I yeah. do a sketch or an illustrator or whatever. But uh, so I was like, oh, I could do that. I could be a computer animator. That's you know good money. And then I took one class. It was like basics, you know. And it was so hard. Like I could model really well. I could make huh. 3D models. But to animate, like it's almost like math. It's there's no math involved. The computer does everything for you. But like the 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 commands that you have to piece together yes. to like make stuff move. It was. I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to do this. <laughs> I remember watching – as I was a multimedia producer for about two and a half, three years mm-hmm. back in Toledo. And uh, we had a computer animator. And I had always fantasized about doing that even though I don't even possess the level of the, the level of skills. Or yeah. I never nurtured the, the drawing skills or, an, or art skills. It was always yeah. something else for me. But I remember watching my animator, Glenn Welker, like animating um, – Basically CAD, but using Lightwave mm-hmm. of like extruders and, and the screw make melting plastic and stuff yeah, and yeah. how plastic extruders work and seeing what was involved in a simple animation. Yeah. I and know. Then, so much, right? So much. So much. Yeah. And like even on the modeling it's side, it, was just my, it is to yeah. set the keyframes. So I started mm-hmm. playing in After Effects because it was the animation that I could do yeah. where I was like, oh, I need to make like I wanted to illustrate how masses are different between like iron and plastic. Yeah. And in a, in a, and so I made this root, like this crude little animation, yeah. but I was so proud of myself that I was able to figure it out. 
you know, yeah. working with keyframes and then blurs of time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not techie at all. Like I didn't understand. Like my animations were like really rough, my digital ones. Yeah. But then the the teacher just to to make us appreciate animation and just to know more. Like he had us do some 2D, some hand drawn. Yeah. And those my hand drawns were great because like, awesome. You know, I did the, I did this like Superman. It was funny. My Superman animation. I had him like taking off his glasses and ripping off his you know shirt and like he just takes off. Yeah. And and you have to you have to line up these little these little hash marks and and mine were off so like the the animation oh, was no. shaky I was like oh it's an earthquake so I just threw that in and it worked I got like an A <laughs> I was like, oh Superman in an earthquake <laughs> works that's awesome <laughs> so then uh, so you came out here in two thousand one uh, what 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 how did you how did you what what did you do during okay. the five years or what was your trajectory so to the get path to-, to voiceover was basically I was doing stand up. Um, for, you know, just basically doing stand-up all the time. And then I got, you know, I was doing on-camera commercials. I was doing pretty well. But I got kind of burnt out on it. Hmm. Uh, but a friend of mine, um, Richard Via, comedian, uh, he was he was looking for people to do who could do voices. Hmm. for. Uh, they were doing a stop-motion animated show. It's really low-budget show on a uh, local channel, LATV. Okay. And uh, they were doing it with those little homie dolls that you get out of the out of the <laughs> yeah the out of those little twisty machines. machines yeah. yeah, well they were doing that, <laughs> and they want to do it like a stop motion animated show with those things. But they, they're like they're tiny and they don't move. Yeah. So like they were just moving them back and forth, and they were just like, you know, and they didn't. And the first season we did, we had no, they didn't have the technology to like even put lip flap in there, like movement in the eyes or anything. So it was really. Crude. It was really bad, but they needed someone to do a lot of voices, like you know, for cheap. And yeah. like I wasn't a professional voiceover actor yet. I was doing like I was, I was in the union and stuff. But uh, so they had me coming in, and and uh, I was I was just like reading. I would do a whole script by myself. Like oh man, yeah, it was crazy, man. I would go in there and it would be like uh, I was like, having dialogue with myself, and we were recording all the way through. We wouldn't even do like oh, let's do all this character, yeah, and, you know, like how it really is, yeah. And let's all do all this character. No, they were just like I was like in there. I was like, uh, ooh, what's going on? I don't know, man. You know, and like you know, it was just like back and forth the whole script, and we would just go through it like a couple times and pick the best one. And um, so it was good practice because I was like. You know, you're like thrown into the fire and you got to perform. And, uh, and that's not, it's never like that in real voiceover, you know? Yeah. So, so it was good to think, wow, okay, be ready for that type of stuff if it ever came up, which it never really did. And, uh, so it was good practice, but the way I got into voiceover, what that, that was my introduction into like being behind the mic as far yeah. as voiceover goes. And then, um, uh, a good friend of mine now, uh, he was the, the sound and uh, the I'm sorry the uh, the booth uh, the sound engineer yeah yeah he was in there this guy James Dozer uh, super nice guy man and he was he was like pulled me aside after uh, after we recorded an episode and he's like hey man you're really good he's like you got a lot of raw talent he's like you have a lot of range he's like I want to get you into this workshop with uh, another CSD uh, client who te- teaches Lori Tritel oh yeah yeah Lori's workshop so he's like he was her engineer a few for a few. Uh, few little class runs and so he's like i want to get you in here i was like dude i'm broke i don't need freaking money for this right. and he's like no no don't worry i'm gonna pay your way in he, he paid my way in it was like 475 for six weeks i think and he's like i was like well, what's the catch dude i was like 
you know, <laughs> right? Well, what do I got to do? Right. Are you <laughs> are you giving me a ride home? Uh, what's what's going on, man? Is there some secret room I gotta go? <laughs> yeah, like, no, he's like, no, man. He's like, it's cool. I just want you know, just every once in a while, you know, throw me a few free sessions if you know if I need some voiceover, work, which is awesome. I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, I would do that anyways. He's a cool right. guy, and uh, so I got into Lori's class. Uh, it was just great. She's she's really breaks up the her class like breaks up everything. You get a little bit of everything. You're you're behind the mic most of the time. She 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 uh, takes all your audio. They clean it up and they put it in a, in a file for you. So you can create oh, a demo. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, so you're able to create a demo out of the stuff that you do with Lori too. Yeah, yeah, That's it's marvelous. It's, yeah, it's cool. She's got a great class. Um, I think she just released a video too. Oh, did she? Yeah, she and I think she and Michael Bell produced a video together that is like. She was telling me about it over the holidays. Like, um, I'll put the link up. I'll link mm-hmm. to Lori's thing uh, yeah. off of this podcast. But um, yeah, if anybody's looking into getting into voiceover and you're in Lori's the area, a wonderful She's, teacher. Yeah. And that video class. is like, I think it may be like 80, 90 bucks or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like a full course with exercises and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, she's great. Uh, and so I was in there and the, I think, I think it was second to last class that we were in. Um, Kathy, Kathy Lizio, yeah. our, our animation, uh, one of our animation agents was, was auditing, just looking for talent. And she asked if I, if I could, uh, go to the agency and read and audition, me and this other guy. And wow. Yeah. And I was like that. He was like overnight. I was like, uh, I was signed. I was like, ah. And then I was in, I was reading, I was, was, I was getting stacks of stuff. I was like Fred Tattashore and there were the stacks of like animation. I was like, (laughs) it was overwhelming, but it was cool. I mean, I booked a few things. I think the biggest thing I booked right away was Spider-Man, which was like about a year, a year in, a year into being signed with CSD. I think I booked Spider-Man. It was pretty cool. That's amazing. What'd you do on Spider-Man? I was, uh, Mark Allen, Molten Man. He, Mark Allen's like this, this kind of, you know, like rough around the edges kid from like kind of from the hood. And, uh, he's like, he was like, got, gets out of juvie and like, uh, ends up, I, my character ended up dating Mary Jane and he was a, like a gambler, huge gambler or whatever. But, uh, and so he was trying to like, you know, straighten out and stuff. And then he, he ends up, uh, he's in a, like a lot of debt. Hmm. I forgot who was carry. He was indebted to some character and the, the guy's like, Oh, we'll scrub your whole, uh, we'll scrub your whole, uh, your whole debt. If you just do this little experiment with us. And so they experimented huh. with this molten like thing that turns the skin like molten lava and, okay. you know, and like, they can control it with like a remote. And they were just using him as a weapon. Yeah. So then they turned him into this molten man character. And then, you know, he kind of went, he kind of turns bad because he gets angry, he wants revenge. Basically the whole, you know, villain thing, you either go this way, you can be a hero or you can be a villain. Yeah. And he went towards a villain. So it was a pretty cool character. And I got That's to great. have this huge fight scene with like, uh, Josh Keaton's Spider-Man, you know, That's it was so awesome, awesome, man. We had this big old fight scene in a pool hall. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I know. It was like my first big thing. And I was so many people on that, man. I, that's where I met, I met Phil Lamar. He yeah. was on there. Andrew Cushino. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin Michael Richardson, I recorded with him. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, DiMaggio. Wow. Yeah. Everybody. Kelly who? Jeez. I was like, man, it was. That's where I met Vanessa Marshall. Uh-huh. I just, I met everybody in there and it was, it was crazy, man. It was like, it was like, I was just like, I'm quiet. I wouldn't say anything. You know, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty big personality, you know, yeah. when I'm comfortable and I'm just so quiet in these sessions with all these superstars. I'm like, geez. It's a thing, you know, you, you don't, I remember taking a workshop that Pat Fraley did where it was, um, the whole point was to get into a room with celebrities mm-hmm. and, you know, as, especially as animation fans and video game fans and knowing these folks, 
like, and then, and then becoming friendly with them. It's, it's this thing. And you realize uh, they're just dudes who happen to book an awesome job and they start booking more things yeah. and they're very talented, but they're the, 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 the unique thing that they bring to it mm-hmm. that there's like, uh, the more comfortable you get with them, the more, the, the more you can focus on what you're doing and not, not judging your read, you know? Yeah. I always find myself doing that. Yeah, I always get in my own head and I'm like, yeah. oh, am, I, am I really supposed to be in here? I'm like, yes, of course. I'm, I've got the job, right? You're here. Was, they yeah. cast you. They said you're here and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, a- I, did a, I did a couple days on um, at Adventures in Odyssey uh-huh. and it was like for a chunk of it, it was just me and Jess Harnell. And, you know, once I got yeah. over the, the Jess Harnellness of it and just <laughs> and just played, it was I felt great about what we did, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's such a strange like thing, you know. Yeah, man, it is. It's it's weird. Like you know, I, like especially like with people like Phil. Like I was like, man, I used to watch this guy. I was in like high school. I was watching this guy. I'm, oh, like, his Mad, Mad TV, TV stuff was so funny. Yeah, it was, was in like, Pulp Fiction. You're dude, like, yeah. I was like, it's Marvin. <laughs> 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 it's Marvin from Pulp Fiction. That's right. Man. You know, you, and yeah, you get over. I remember I had a, a conversation with Nolan North one yeah. time we were doing. It was uh, just an episode of Young Justice where it was just Blue Beetle and Superman, like. Hanging out. Oh, well, they were like going around just by themselves. Yeah. Um, oh, Superboy, man. Superboy and Blue Beetle. And, um, yeah. And so, like, we were talking and he was telling me he was the same way. He said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I remember. He's like, when I first started getting stuff, he's like, I was just in awe of, of, of Phil Moore. He's like, you know, I was just being, he was like super, you know, you know, fanboy kind of. And he said that Phil just was like, hey, man, you're here. You're in the room. You're, you're you know, you're, you're one of us. You're, you're no, you know, you're just, you're my peer. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. I was like, that's, I'm sure we all feel that way at some point, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. That's amazing. So like, what's, what's your process when you get a script? Do you like, I mean, do you like stop and break it down or is it more a feeling for you or, uh, uh, you know, what, what do you, how, how do you approach a piece of copy? If it's, let's say, a, you know, a piece of animation. Copy? Well, is, yeah. are, do you mostly see animation video game type of copy or are you like, no, yeah, I get, a, I get a commercial, good, pretty get good all, balance uh, of both. Um, with, with the video game stuff, it's, it's mostly most of the time it's just war stuff. You're just yelling yeah. and screaming, yeah. but, um, yeah, but if you get like some really heavy dialogue, then yeah, you read it like a regular script, you know, you're just like, go through it and you try to find, you know, the, the, the tone of the character and the, I guess the, you know, the, the character of the character, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, you know, see what, what, is, what he's like. But uh, yeah, I, I read it through and then I just kind of, I always read aloud. Like when, if, as soon as I get it, I'm reading aloud, just hearing what comes out raw and, and, huh. and then um, and sometimes I'll even record myself as I'm doing it. And then I'll just go back and then I'll read, I'll read it tomorrow. I'll read it over. I'll just read it over and over again to try to find out, you know, to see if I missed anything, mm-hmm. to see if something else pops out, you know. Is it is it your ear is really the thing that's telling you the the right moves or is it more do you feel it more? Like what? It's where- definitely de- – I think the, the words on the page are definitely – you know what I mean? Yeah. Because especially – I love when there's back and forth dialogue because then you get yeah. – I hate when it's just, you know, it's just single – yeah, when it's, it's a chunk of, of speaking, yeah. yeah, there's no context yeah, for you, it. Yeah, you don't know where it's going, yeah, or what's it, where, what it's about. You're just like, oh man. So, yeah, so I love it when there's some back and forth, so you can, okay, you you totally get a feel for the scene and what's going on, and and uh, yeah, it's, I guess with with animation, it's it's great when they give us a picture because that's, yeah. I mean, when you get a picture and a, a little bit of a description, yeah. that's the best. Because then you can, you know, if the guy's got an underbite, you just do an underbite when you're reading. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. or, you know, or you, you just, 
it, you know, little things like that go a long way. They help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I'm still, I'm still, my process is, I guess, always changing. I'm always just trying new things. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing for me is, is just reading it, record it, like, Recording my using my little voice recorder with my yeah. headphones on and hearing myself read it in different characters, hmm. different voices, and then uh, yeah, and obviously yeah, the the acting is super important. So you got to know where the right where the right little spots are to really hit the emotion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really. Uh, you know, go in there and uh, right. You need to really find the intention and all the movement of what's need, happening. You need to scene. find your motivation and uh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 in a would you, when you did your stand up and you were doing impression uh based stuff, uh have have you always um been a mimic in that way? Is it something you've always done or is it just kind yeah, of like you I, just found you had uh range? No, you know, I think I, I've always uh, I think doing characters and impressions is I've just always do it anyways because I when I tell a story I like to really let people know who, this is the guy I experienced this is the guy I met you know this is this is what he said this is how he said it you know I really like yeah. to pull it's a good way to pull people into a story when you're doing impressions or characters mostly you know when you're doing characters like if you can do the voice of the guy that you got in an argument with, you know, it really drives the story, the point home with the story, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, like with, as far as impression, I did, I think I did more characters in the act, in my act than impressions. Just a, did a few because I always felt like, and I was talking to Chris Cox about this. Yeah. And, um, he said, he's like, you got to have a real, in, uh, intent for an impression. It's got to have a real home. In, in your, in whatever you're saying. Cause otherwise yeah. it's just gratuitous. It's kind of stupid. It's just, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm Ian McKellen. Yeah. Uh, but if it's, if it's, I'm Ian McKellen for the sake of being Ian McKellen. But if it's <laughs> Ian McKellen at Seize Candy. Yeah. Uh, picking out, trying to choose his free sample. Yeah. Like if it's something that I'm going through and then I'm just like, oh, oh man, like, and, and it just, if it's perfect for that impression, then you plug it in, you know? Yeah. 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 Like I, I remember, like that's how I would do, that that bit like where you know yeah you know, you, know, you you gotta have a you know some you gotta talk about your insecurities in comedy you know it's yeah. you gotta be a little self deprecating or whatever it's it helps the audience open up you know to you a little bit yeah and uh, that's when I would work in I would talk about like just being super uh, intimidated like growing up and even now like mm-hmm. just you know talking to you know to to girls or like you know r- you know really. Just being in a situation where there's someone that's just really like a big personality and you're just yeah. kind of, you're like, Oh damn, how am I going to approach this? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, but mostly, it's mostly, it was growing up, it was mostly girls. Like I could not talk to, you know, girls to save my life. So I was like, yeah, I always wanted to be like, have like a cool accent, like, you know, Antonio Banderas, you know, and like, <laughs> hello, how are you tonight? You know, <laughs> I am, you know, my name is Eric, you know, <laughs> you know, like, so did you ever have the balls to, to do that? Uh, actually I have, um, <laughs> I was at a party one time in college and I was like, I just decided like, you know, you know, you go through that phase in your life. You're like, oh, you're trying different stuff with your hair. Yeah. You know, well, you still got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I grew my hair down to like my shoulders and you know, I was working out all the time. So like, I look like, like the European soccer player or something, you know, like, and I remember I went to a party and this girl thought, she thought, he's like, oh, where are you from? Are you from Spain? I was like, I just ran with it. I was like, yes, I'm from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I 
come, I come to here to the United States to, you know, go to college, you know, make some friends. <laughs> I ran with it for a little bit. And then just, and one time we, uh, a friend of me, a friend of mine, one of my, my great, uh, comedy friends and, and just best friend overall, my friend Randy Johnson. Uh-huh. We're at a party in San Diego. He's like, dude, let's do something stupid. Let's just, let's just go around all night and just talk to people in like with a Russian accent. He's like, and let's just, you just not break character all right. night. Just, just introduce, you know, and it, it was, it was working great, man. We were walking around. I was like, oh, what are you? Was, oh, no view from Russia. I'm like, oh, really? Like, it was funny. You know, it was like San Diego's right. kind of, you know, there wasn't the smartest people at this party. <laughs> so they were, fa- they were falling for it. Like, this girl's like, did you guys meet the Russians? Did you meet these guys? There's this two Russians. They're, they're so cool. And they're like, come on up here, Russians. Hello, like, who are you? Like, oh, what part of Russia are you from? And my friend's like, we're from a part of Russia. Um, it's a little small town. You know, it's called Russia. It's a little small town in Russia called Russia. That's where we're from. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't never heard of it. Yeah, you're from there, here, but it's small. <laughs> yeah. It worked. It went, we went like three hours, the whole party oh my God. until the end. And then like, I think we were talking to one of his friends and they heard us like, these guys aren't even Russian. <laughs> Pretty funny. We had done, me and my friend Bob uh, did that at the Young Calvinist Convention mm. one year where a bunch of all of us who went to uh, the Christian Reformed Church or variants of had the Calvinist Convention and in, in where we were in Phoenix that year. Oh, okay. So we all went down to probably – is ASU in Phoenix? That's yeah, in yeah, Tem- it's yeah. in Tempe, yeah. I think we went there and then we – like the day out was at the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. And they, they had these things – tell me if this isn't like repressed – Nah. Sexuality. We had these things called hug lines nah. where all the guys line up on one side and all the girls would line up on the other and then they'd all embrace and then everyone would slide down one. And that's what you would do like for maybe an hour and a half was like, hi, it's kind of like speed dating, but it was like hugging. Really? It, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing when I look back on it now. <laughs> but we, in the eighties and the, yeah, in the eighties, early, yeah, eighties is smack dab in the middle. One of what was, was the like, point of the hugs? Was it just supposed to, it was like the love or what? <laughs> kind of, it was sort of like, I don't know if it was the, Look, it's a line of boys and a line of girls. Yeah, I'm I mean, pretty certain. And how old are you guys? And we're all like in high school or oh, junior high. So you know exactly what that is. And it wasn't really everybody's, like. Everybody's pitching tents. <laughs> it's everybody's favorite part of convention. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, you know, there's like a Christian comedian and then music. And then like, that was the first time I ever did a, a live set in front of anybody. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I did. I did. Um, they had a talent show. And I was a freshman in high school. I had never really gotten up and done any straight up comedy. And um, there was uh, Jack Parr did uh, this bit on The Tonight Show that NBC censored oh. and he quit over it. Wow. And uh, but I heard that bit that Dick Cavett had presented it on some like comedy show. I remember hearing on back in Grand Rapids. Dick Cavett. He's cool. Yeah, it was great. And like there was every week would be like this collection of comedy and they would play, you know, this is well before the age of downloads. And if you couldn't find it on vinyl, it didn't it didn't exist. Yeah. So like there was like stuff from National Lampoon and all this stuff. It was great. And they ran it on Sunday afternoons. Wow. So I would tape it every week and then memorize all the comedy off of it. And wow. this particular story was hilarious. And the whole prim- – the premise, not to go too deep into it, was like an English school teacher goes up to a uh, – up into Scotland 
and at, and uh, she's going to take over at this um, at this school. And she asks some questions mm-hmm. about uh, where the WC would be found. <clears throat> and uh, they didn't up in Scotland. Apparently, they used the term bathroom. I don't know if that's correct or not. But she, <laughs> but they didn't know what WC meant. So they decided that it meant wayside chapel. And then they wrote her a letter back saying, well, WC, uh, the WC is, and then it's this hilarious list of the description of this chapel. And we're under the impression that it's, that they're actually talking about a bathroom. Ah. It's a fun bit. Yeah. And I did that at the Young Calvinist Convention in front of 4,000 Calvinists and got my first open mic experience. And it was, you know, a you, field house of laughing. And you did it was, well then. Yeah, I crushed. Dude. It was uh, great. Dude, isn't that like a it, big high? It's one of those things that set the trajectory for my life of yeah. like being, you know, being being a Second City person and doing comedy. Yeah. Like I'd always been interested in it, but I'd never really got up in front of a large group of people. And I realized that that place was where live comedy really entered my life. Yeah. And... um so I completely relate to what you're saying. I mean, it's why, yeah. it's why I feel like Voice NATO, uh, Eric is a part of Voice NATO and so am I. And we do it at Kamikaze every year. Come and see it. Yeah. Come see it. It's a blast. The only problem is it's at six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we got the worst time slot ever. This time year. slots just no, it starts no. at nine 30. Our thing started at nine 30 and, and the gates didn't open until nine and the line to get in was madness. Nobody's laughing before breakfast. No one laughs before <laughs> breakfast, but it was, it was fun this year. I, I'll put the tape up, but, um, but like just the desire to do what we do, mm-hmm. you know, in front of people because it's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really. I think that's that's for for me. That's that's what makes life worth living, man. It's just being around people and being able to make people laugh. I mean, it the way it lifts people up, man. I mean, oh. I, I don't mean to get too deep, but like I've had friends, like I got you know some friends who like they get depressed, you know, and they like yeah. re- get real down and just hanging around them for a little bit and making them laugh, and they're like, dude, this, that's good, man. I needed this. I'm like, it just, dude, it's it does have a lot of power. I mean, it's not. Obviously, this it's the you know it's the best medicine. It's the best medicine for anything that's really bringing you down. But I mean, it doesn't cure cancer, <laughs> right? But but uh, but I hear you, man. I feel like it's yeah. the thing that like we had a we had a tough year, like straight out the gate in the beginning of school, and like just I just felt like the need uh, in our in our community in Santa Monica, and I I felt like. You know, as much as, as much as you can, it's not, it's not distraction. It's like helping to Dude, lift yeah. the load a little bit. And that's what, trying to what be makes, light. what makes me mad about like when you're on, when you're on a comedic project or you're doing something, you know, something has to do with a comedic tone and someone like, and you goof off in between takes or in between whatever, between recording and, the, and people like the, the whoever's behind, you know, the scenes gets angry. It's like, what are you doing? This is part. This is this is all inclusive this is here. Part. This is part of the process. Like we That's have right. to feel like we're not on the spot. Like this is just fun. Like the best way is when it's organic, you know? Yes. You can't really you can't force comedy. You really can't. Yeah. You need to keep that environment. You need to keep that environment loose and fun and bright. Yeah. And I get focus. I get attention. I get Hey, listen, guys, you know what? We really, we're trying to make an edit real quick. Can yeah. you stand by yeah. and take the mics down? Yeah. You know, uh, or, or, or whatever. But I think it, it, it's in the hands of whoever's running that session yeah. to really respond to and recognize that that's part of the creative process and that's mm-hmm. giving you the goal that you're capturing with those mics on. Yeah, man. You know, it's not just, 
It's not, it's not, there was an old, uh, gross, not description. It's this, uh, artist named Sam Gross, I think. Mm. And he did comics. There, he has a book called I Am Blind and My Dog Is Dead. <laughs> and they're like these dark little, like far side size drawings. And there's one in particular that they're making a porno. <laughs> there's these two characters <laughs> in bed and there's a director goes, lights, camera, Love. love and and it's and it's it's that in the same way with comedy mm-hmm. that you, yeah. it's not that on cue yeah. it has to be in the space yeah and, or or in in the heart of those performers to yeah. be able to explode it yeah and just just so much in you know in our in our character space i feel like like the space before when we go in and do a read like it always lifts me up a little bit or gives me an extra like five percent or whatever especially yeah. if i'm doing something that's either funny or yeah. light yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's hard. I Honestly, that's why I don't understand. That's why I don't get why there isn't a, a comedy award at the Academy Awards. Comedy mm-hmm. is not that easy on capturing that on, on camera or whatever Mm-mm. is not that easy. Like, like Jim Carrey should have an Academy Award for comedy. That's the stuff that he did. You know, he's done on camera. Man. Jerry Lewis, you know, all these yeah. guys that, you know, uh, you know, all these guys that they, they capture this thing on camera and it's just, it's always funny. And you can't, that's why it bothers me that there's no Academy Award for comedy because it's, you know, I, I'm, I don't even know where I'm, where I'm trying to say here, but other than, then, uh, cause it, I guess maybe for me, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but it's easier to tap into that dark stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. It's so much of it. So this, it's easier to tap in to that dark emotion the anger yeah. i mean because just you know sitting in traffic you're tapping into that all right. day right <laughs> right yeah i hear you man i i feel like i i feel like there's there's a different it's a different skill set but it springs from the same place and oh, for totally. a comedic yeah. performance to be deemed valuable mm-hmm. or for a performer to be nominated like steve carell Steve Carell, for example, in Foxcatcher was a, oh, yeah. it's, it's a brilliant performance. Yeah, it's really, great. really great. And mm-hmm. I'm glad he was nominated for it. But his performance in 40 year old virgin yeah. was equally emotive, if not more so. And yeah. I related to that character more and it told me more and I saw myself in him more yeah. in that thing that I did in the Foxcatcher role. And yeah. it's like, well, we honor, we honor that. Uh, because it's dark or weird or because someone put a nose on him and he has to go into a dark place. Yeah. Why do our, why do our light guys have to go into the dark to get, yeah, uh, re- you know, recognized? Yeah. You know, I think the closest that you've seen a comedic, uh, award be given was for Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. You you're know? right. That did have a, it had a, it had a realistic comedic quality to it. Yeah. yeah. But it was all, I think, probably because of the back end of that, of like, is he oh. like me? You know, yeah, it was totally. like, that's why I got the award. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? totally. That's exactly what it was. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think it, I think it's good to break them up and take a little bit of heat off and spread the level a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. Like, I, this, it, it seems like the Academy Awards have this whole thing going now where it's just like, I forgot where I saw it. Someone said it, if it's boring, and it's long and makes you want to fall asleep, then it's going to be nominated for Academy Award. <laughs> it's kind of true. I mean, there's some good ones. There's some good ones. But, it, like, yeah. you know, there's a few good ones that slip in there every year. But, you know. Yeah, it feels like, like, I mean, I've always been, if you give me the opportunity to say, we're going to go watch this uh, restoration drama. Yeah. Or we're going to go watch these guys do this explosive thing. Yeah. I'm going to go. 
I, I personally, just for me, I'm going to go watch the explosive thing because of yes. why I go to the movies. Yeah, that's I hate. That's why I hate listening to people criticize like movies. Like, oh, like people are so nitpicky now. Yeah, like, I was talking. We were talking about this in the, at the lobby one day in the office, and uh, it's just like I just enjoy you know movies. Like people were like were like crapping on on because uh, I'm a big you know comic book geek and yeah. you, know, you know superhero dork, but. Uh, like you know all these movies like I just like being entertained. I like I like watching like you know campy stuff and stuff that's like just way out there like uh, Jonah Hex. People are crapping on Jonah. I liked Jonah Hex. I did. I liked it, man. I thought Josh Brolin was great. Yeah. Was Jonah Hex. It was a, it was a great story. I watched it with my older brother who always he craps on a lot of stuff, but he actually liked it too. I was like, man, but there's these movies that why can't you just go be entertained? Quit nitpicking. Quit right. picking it apart. Right. Just watch it. And if you if you don't like it, then then yeah, so be it. Yeah, so be it. But like, if you're like, oh, it's just, it's just not what it, it's supposed to be. It's like, oh god. Right. Especially after the Dark Knight, right? Everybody wanted to have the Dark Knight. Every every superhero movie's got to be deep, and it's got to be the Dark Knight. It's got to have all those underlying tones. Like, no. Sometimes there's a space for big, splashy. Crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, did you see the last uh, Judge Dredd movie? Oh, dude, I love that movie. And how do you not? And it was like a hit, wasn't it? Or it no? was. It was. It was a little bit of a that, sleeper, but like I think it got more life on home video. Mm-hmm. And now they there's been an online campaign to to make a that second movie. Was great. That movie is amazing. Yeah, they, that one should get a sequel for sure. Yeah, I think I, they're I, working on it. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that that movie is great, man. Being. Being in this business Mm -hmm. and being someone who works in particular, not just in animation, but like in comic book animation, Mm -hmm. is that where a lot of the the work that you've done has sort of Uh, resonated or what's been your... Yeah, I think, well, the best, I mean, the... The two biggest characters that I'm most known for is are the comic book characters. This is great, man, because that's yeah. that's what I wanted to do when I got into voiceover. I mean, of course, yeah, you want to do the, of course, I want to do all the wacky stuff, you know, the the Nickelodeon and right and Cartoon Network stuff. But it seems like they're going away from that too now. Yeah, it's it getting seems more, like more every realistic, audition right? I get for animation is like, don't do a cartoony voice. It's like yeah. I want to do a cartoony voice. That's what kids want. Kids want to hear, hey, crazy guy. You know what I mean? Right. Want to hear that? Right. Like, hey, what's up? I'm a bird. Uh, <laughs> uh, depressed bird over here. Nobody. I mean, I don't know. It's I guess it fits, but you can have a good mix and match of those characters. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like yeah, I've been. I don't know. It's but yeah, most of the stuff has been the yeah the the biggest stuff that I've done has been like the comic book stuff, which is great because I love it, man. Like playing Blue Beetle was like one of the best things. I gotta say, I saw that you did a drawing of a Blue Beetle. Oh yeah, for a fan. For a fan, yeah. There's this. Uh, my brother works for the LA Parks and Rec, uh-huh. and they do uh, they they do like you know, a bunch of classes there and stuff, and they're doing an art class. And one of the instructors told uh, I met him. And he told uh, this kid who's like a big Young Justice fan that he knows the guy who did the voice for Blue Beetle. And the kid like flipped out. He's like, oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Can, can you think you can get me an autograph? And, and it's just weird. Like still people want your autograph. It's yeah, it's weird, but it's cool. I mean, it's definitely cool. So I figured I was like, you know, I, I, I draw and stuff. And I, I these little cards that I go to this coffee shop, M Street Coffee on uh, in I think it's Studio City or yeah, Studio City mm-hmm. or um and uh they got this cool little wall of like uh, 
of uh, trading cards. They're artist trading cards. They have these oh, little, wow. little card stock. Yeah, and you just take one, you go home, or you can do it there, and you sketch something, make something, and then you just take it back and you trade it with another artist's card. Oh, cool. So, like, I just take a bunch of these cards and, like, I'll just draw, you know, stuff on them, take them back there. And then I figured, oh, instead of just giving this kid a signature, I'll yeah. just sketch him this little blue beetle, you know, and then I'll sign it so he gets a signature and a cool little picture, something he could frame, you oh, know? that's the greatest. Yeah, so, I mean, I figured you know, the, the kid, you know, like, it's just cool when, when I mean, the show's pretty old now. I think it's, it's a few years old, and they just released season two on Netflix. So oh, now, they did? Yeah, one and two, season one and two on Netflix. And, you know, the, I guess I was talking to Greg Weissman. He's a, a head writer on that, or one of the head writers on him and Brandon Vietti. Um, and, you know, they always say, like, when we do the panels, like, the fans are like, when are we going to get a season three? It's like, he's like, you get a season three, I guess your voice is your money. Like, when you, and yeah. when you guys are buying DVDs and you're, 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 you're streaming everything and you're, you know, you're just buying stuff. That's what they, that's what sells. That's what, oh, this is, there's still a market for this. Those are the decisions that, that, I mean, I got the same thing from Richie Rich where kids kept posting, like, when are we getting season three of Richie Rich? When yeah. is it coming? And I'm like, don't ask me, buddy. You got to yeah. ask Netflix. Those are the people you have to ask. Yeah. You- and you start to introduce fans. Not just fans, because fans, I think adult fans in particular are part of that. But like even kids, man, like social media makes everything so much more accessible. Oh, dude, social media is – at first I was a little bit, you know, I don't really like it. It was whatever. But it's so cool now because of the support. Like now people can find you. Now they can express, you know – Good or bad, they can express what they feel, you know. But I've never, luckily, I've had a lot of good feedback, you know, nothing but good things said about me from, which is great that I didn't get on it before. I mean, I was on it, but I wasn't really into it uh-huh. before the show when we were doing Young Justice. Cause if I would have thought that these people could reach out to me and get to me and like they, I didn't even think about that when I was in there recording that yeah, the dude. whole season. I was like, man, how are they going to like this performance? Huh. Like, I didn't even think about that. Luckily, I just went with my instinct. I yes. did what they wanted me to do. And, uh, and they loved it, man. How much do you think that would have affected your choices? Do you think that that would have been like a nagging voice? It might have just been head? a small nagging. I think once I'm in the session, everything just goes out the window. But yeah. but like uh, you know, after you know, when you're when you're sitting there, oh, are they gonna like it? And I shouldn't think that way because I mean, even like, like I said, doing comedy, you just gotta be as true as you can to who you are, and not try to like you know mold yourself for other other people's opinions. Yeah, so, I mean that. I mean that's that's just life. Not even comedy. You gotta just. You gotta get comfortable being who you are and just doing what you do. And people don't like it. Screw you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And don't watch it. Don't listen to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's right. If you don't like it, change the channel. Yeah. It's a hard place to get to. It's, it's, it always, at least for me, I feel like, cause I'm someone who's kind of eager to please. I like to be oh, me liked. Too. You know I like what to I mean? be liked. Yeah. But I mean, the good thing though is when I know, when I get to that point and so I know someone doesn't like me, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you know I mean, is it, the good thing is like I want to be liked, and you know, don't you like me? And, but if you don't, then I'm like, oh, I'm cool. I don't give it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the good thing. Is like I, I mean, I've had, oh man, I, like I've had this thing my whole life where like it was like just just the love or hate. Like people just either really liked me or they freaking hated me, and mm. there's no reason why. I think I don't know if I just got a face <laughs> or a voice that people just don't like, and yeah. then and they just hate me. You know what I mean? It was, or they just or they really like me. You know, I mean, it's it's weird, and but it's not so much more like that now. But mm. so every once in a while, you'll just meet someone who just doesn't like you, and they don't know yeah. why. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't look your face, but I get it. You know, because yeah. like, like, like Emma Stone's like kind of like that for me. I just do not like Emma. Stone. Really, I don't know why. Can I tell you? I, I actually, I think it's her lisp. I. 
Is he I, just talks to her teeth all the time? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I, I just worked with her for uh-huh. like a day on, on, um, this movie called La La Land that's coming out with her and Ryan Gosling. And like, my, my appearance in it is like, and then oh, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm a phantom. I'm gonna call it a cameo. Mm-hmm. I love that girl. Really? I thought, yeah. I'm not talking. No, 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 I know you're not yeah. talking. I'm, I'm telling because, because I, because I, t- I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I like, that yeah. girl is, she was the most, cause I'm, we were talking about, I don't know, like <laughs> improv. Yeah. And then she started going off on how awesome improv is and how she wants to take improv classes. And I was like, you take classes? You're like a movie star and stuff. She's like, oh, that yeah. doesn't mean I don't want to get better at what yeah. I do. I want to get, I love improv and you got to do this and this and this. And, and it wasn't just because she was talking about something I like, but like she was just really, she was really genuine and really cool and warm and, and sweet, you, which totally, I don't know. It didn't surprise me. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I, I, I understand it's where you're coming an, from. It's something that's annoying. I, I don't, like I said, I can't hate her. I don't dislike her because I don't know her. Right. But there's just something that's just like, I don't like something that. just, <laughs> I don't like but it, but it's, it is like that. Like they're yeah. just, they'll just be a thing of like, yeah, kind of like is. the way dogs are around certain yeah. things or like, yeah, I'm sure I'm like that to people. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> believe me, I've, I've experienced it. So, I mean, and I don't know what it is, but it's, it, yeah, I don't there's know, this. There's this. You didn't tell me about that. You have this podcast, did you? No, you listen to my no. podcast. Emma Stone, Emma Stone uh, is the one person who subscribes to my podcast. <laughs> my next <laughs> guest is going to crap all over you, uh, uh, Sarah Club. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring all that up. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like um, it's funny. Like we had um, back in Chicago, uh, there's an actor, brilliant brilliant comedian named david pasquese he's huge in improv and stuff there but he's like i think he's like on the voice of all state right now and oh, wow. and he was mcdonald's for years and and he's we've he's been very friendly to me over the years uh that we've worked together and stuff we did a couple spots together but anyway we we're at the same talent agency in chicago and uh when and ilsa was very very young my daughter and we would go in and whenever pasquese was there and he's like he's a dad he's very friendly she was just terrified of him for some reason oh, really? and wouldn't go in the room when he was in there and it bothered him so much she's like well, i don't understand yeah. why she doesn't like me i've done nothing to i've been nothing but sweet to your child and she's two mm-hmm. but it was still this whole thing of like pasquese yeah. being like what is up with your daughter why does she dislike me i'm a friendly yeah. person yeah i don't know what it is man i think it's just the, the some people like i said it's just weird like yeah. I, I i get it too so, like from kids like a lot of kids usually are like oh hey you know but like Every once in a while, you get those kids like, oh, get away from me. You know? Right, right. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, it's all right. It's all right. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you, um, when you, how did you nurture your drawing? Have you always been someone who draws oh, and stuff? Yeah, and- man. Ever since I was a little kid, uh, I was actually just talking about this over there at the office today. I, I used to do, um, I was just, you know, just a freaking ADD kid. You know, I don't think I really had ADD, but like I my mind is just always going nuts. And yeah. I was just, you know, I, it's, I just always just want to do what I want. Yeah. I don't want to, like, I, I'd be in school <laughs> and like, there's, you know, you got to do your work. And I would be drawing like these little war scenes with stick figures. Yeah. And like they had little hats and like little guns and just the, the, they're like little dot, dot, dots, like little, little, like, you know, the, the stream of bullets going. And I had like stick figures getting blown up, like, right. little pieces going everywhere, little tanks. And I, that's how I started. I just started doing that. And then, um, I just always did it. I think it was, uh, it's kind of like my, uh, it's like it's it's like a my my thing. Like everybody's got a thing that they do. Like they escape, and people do music. They play the guitar. They, yeah. they write. You know, they they go for hikes. They you know whatever it is. And that was always been my thing. Like, uh, 
uh, and then I got into junior high and then I started doing um, like photorealism. Like I was, do- I was doing uh, like portraits mm. and like drawing off like baseball and football cards for like friends. Did you take in classes or just something? No, that man, you just, just, you just, something just, I, just I taught myself taught up until I think my first art class was high school. Wow. It's a very first art class. And I was already pretty decent by high school. But no, nah, I mean, for self-taught, I was decent. Like, cause yeah. I look back at my drawings from like when I first moved here and they were bad. I'm like, I can't believe I thought this was decent. I was like, they're like freaking Batman's old heads all lopsided. <laughs> but, but you can't, I mean, that's the thing. That's a, you can't crap on people's, you know, stuff because you're like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta nurture that. Otherwise they'll right. just quit. Right. And, uh, I think actually my older brother w- was drawing characters of his classmates. <laughs> Like making fun of him, like he draw these really like vulgar <laughs> like, <laughs> characters of his classmates, and you know just to make fun of him. And I think that's what kind of got. I was like, oh, that was really cool, you know. And like so, I started, and then I got into comic books, and I was only I never. It's funny, I never read a comic book until college. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, I I I just bought them for the artwork, and I taught yeah. myself to draw from the artwork. I mean, I'm sure I've read a, I read a few along the way, but like I never really got you know really into them until like around, like after high school. Yeah, that's when I really started reading them, and then because I would never buy a comic that didn't have good artwork. Um, I yeah. hear you, and yeah. I I did the same thing. I I and when I got into college, that was when I really dove into the depth of comics, yeah. and like. Right then, Todd McFarlane was drawing Spider- oh, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, and I collected all the Amazing Spider-Mans that he had done, 298 to 326, I think. Yeah. And then when he's when they created Image and Spawn and all that stuff, that, that was yeah, when I, I really did. got like – That's Ooh. when the – yeah, well, that's when the art – I mean, the art was the always art. pretty good. They're all It was always like kind of similar. But when like – when Greg Capullo started drawing Spawn, I was blown away. I oh, wanted man. to just draw like Greg Capullo and, yeah. and Jim Lee, of course. Oh, those are two big ones for me. Can I tell you? <clears throat> I didn't know this, but Jim Lee gives out full-size candy bars at Halloween. Does he really? Where's Isn't he live? Awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he lives, but yeah. I have a friend well, who- he's. He's in San Diego, right? No, he's here, man. He's here now because they're in Burbank, right? Warner yeah, Burbank, yeah. He's right? Jim Lee uh, Burbank, right now is drawing something, yeah. and he's drawing something a mile from where we are sitting right now. I know it's crazy. Isn't right? that awesome? That Do you follow? Awesome. If you follow him on Facebook, yeah. he posts stuff. Oh yeah, I, I, I download all those, dude. I got oh, I got a so whole great. album on my phone. I got I got a Mark Silvestri album of uh-huh. artwork, uh, and I, I use it as reference. Like I I'll, uh-huh. I'll see their their the way they 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 cross hatch and the way they sketch, you know, all their line work. I like st- I still study that, man. Like I'm I'm always you know you're always learning. Yeah, when you're an artist, you're always learning, dude. Oh, you're never gonna be even when you're a master. You're still learning new techniques. That's right. Yeah. Where do you do that with voices as well in terms of like? Listening to people and trying to figure out what their moves are and oh, that yeah. kind of thing or Yeah, all the little hooks and the, yeah. all the things that really make the the voice grab somebody, yeah. Mm. Which is which is weird because like the, like I forgot what I was talking with about uh about this, but like there's nobody really like coming up young that that you really you can grab onto their voice. It's like mm. there's no like big characters like there was like, you know, in the old days really. I mean Right. It seems I, like the older actors are way more they're they're more character than than anybody now. Hmm. Like I mean, how do you do a Channing Tatum impression? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I, I get to do a I get to do a, a, a audition anyway for a Christian Slater voice match earlier. Oh, he's, so, he's, see, he's got a voice. You he's can got grab one onto. you just grab onto, and yeah. it's so nice and relaxing to be like, ah, here's I can dial into you know, I'm just yeah. I'm just doing a Nicholson pitched up. It's all yeah, it's here. like Jack, right? Yeah. yeah, and figuring out you know exactly placement for where I want to put my voice. Yeah, and I don't know if this sounds enough like Christian yeah. Slater right now, yeah, but it does. It, you know, but like you're just. 
figuring out where to resonate, you know, and that kind of stuff and playing. And like, I've always been an ear guy, but like learning how to start to figure out placement has been helping me a lot Mm -hmm. lately with dial into certain things like trying to find my vocal folds and get the, you know, that, that rattle. Yeah. It just really comes down to like playing, but having that heightened awareness of where things, where sounds are happening in your head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear my voice more now, like than before when I started, cause I hated hearing my own voice. Hmm. And so now like I can actually hear it as it comes out and it sounds to, you know, before when you would hear your voice and then you, uh, a recording of your voice, like I don't sound like that. Right. Yeah. Like now I can hear my voice as I speak and I'm like, it sounds like the recording. So it's, just, wow. so now I can hear myself, you know, it's weird. Just, I guess it's probably just years of doing voiceover. I think that's it. Yeah. How can well? What do uh? What do you have coming up? What do you want people to know about that you can talk about, or let people know about? Do you have well, uh, or? I don't know if I can talk about um anything from the actual episode, but I did another episode. I, I was brought back to Star Wars Rebels for something. So. Fantastic. So yeah, I probably can't say more than that. But but, but Star Wars but Rebels just, I mean, for being Columbus. in that room, man, with all those people. It's just Steve so Bloom and, and Freddie and and uh, Freddie and, and Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh man, it was it's it's just awesome. That's it, awesome it, that yeah. they're bringing your character back. Yeah, it, it, it was it was cool. Actually, no, it's a new character. Oh, it's a new, it's character. A new character. Oh, yeah. very cool, Yeah, man. new character, but uh, which is really cool because I got to actually just use my own voice. The last time I was – the last time I did the character was this kid Oleg, uh-huh. uh, which is weird. He was like a bully. He was like this bully in like the, the academy for like stormtroopers or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, his name was Oleg. And I was like, oh, Oleg, I get to, you know, I get to see like a you know, little bully, you know, Russian kid. or No, nah, but it wasn't even like that. I just used you know, a young – kid voice <laughs> so uh but uh, yeah the young it up but with this one like the dude's like you know he's an older kid he's probably like 19 maybe 20 nice. so i was like oh, okay cool i was like i just got to use my own voice and just like which was really cool yeah. that's awesome yeah it's, it's a cool uh, it's a cool episode man. that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> and how can people find you on social media um i am i'm on facebook i'm 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 private on Facebook, but you can friend, I friend, I, I accept everybody. Awesome. So, so you can find me on Facebook. I'm Eric, uh, just Eric Lopez. Uh, if, uh, I guess, I don't know. I, there's so many Eric Lopez's on there. So I guess you can just find, <laughs> if you can find Kiff, you can find me. There you go. If, yeah, yeah that's right. If, 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 yeah, you can find Kiff. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Me and, Kiff me VH and, and, and Eric is a friend of mine on Facebook. Yeah. And on Instagram, I'm, um, at real Eric Lopez. And I know it sounds real cocky, really, <laughs> but there was every everything else was taken, and I didn't want to put underscores and numbers and stuff in there, so I just figured real. And then your I am Eric Lopez on Twitter is yeah, that right? On Twitter, I'm I am Eric Lopez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's so many Eric Lopez's out there now. It's just like I was I was at an audition the other day. It was a it was a voiceover audition, but they they did it like an on camera. They filmed you. It's oh, really wow. weird. But you had to like I guess this, everything's online now. I haven't been going out for yeah. on camera in a while, so yeah. everything's online. So I had to go type in a profile and I actually the lady was like go find yourself in the computer I'm sure you're in there I'm like no I'm probably not and it was like all these Eric Lopez's I'm like man I thought you was like SAG only let one exist right that was my impression yeah, is that you can only that? you have to be Eric R. Lopez there can only be only one there can only be 26 <laughs> Eric Lopez's or you must be E.L. Lopez <laughs> yeah yeah I know <laughs> and I, yeah, on IMDB there's like there's a ton but like 
I'm Eric Lopez too, I think. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. good. You're high up in the pecking order. Yeah. I need to get a picture up there because I keep getting yeah. my, my, my credits keep getting spread around. Like, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's funny too because everybody there, the, the very first Eric Lopez that's on IMDb is like some guy from like Havana, Cuba, and he's like in his fifties and people always think I'm that guy. And they're like, Oh, wow. <laughs> you look really young. I didn't know you're 50. I'm like, no, dude, that's not me. I'm not. Cuban Eric Lopez, I'm Mexican Eric Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming by. I could talk with you all day. I man. know, man. It's, it's already so over. Much fun. It's I know, I know. Oh, it's man. been an hour. I know. Wow, it's crazy. Good. It goes by quick. It really does. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks again, Eric Lopez, for joining me. Look for him on Star Wars Rebels. And check out uh, Young Justice on Netflix for the Blue Beetle and uh, and and tons of other things check out yeah. eric lopez 2 on imdb and you can get even more uh more info there's on some uh, going on. yeah there's some video games i did coming out that i can't talk about but yeah. but i i share it all my so everything i'm doing i share when when i'm able to on social media so fantastic i just let you guys all know what i'm doing awesome dude thanks again so much for coming by dude thanks for having me man that's cool peace this has been All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating. It truly helps. Follow me on Twitter at KiffVH or on Instagram at KiffVH or on Vero at KiffVH. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Claim victory and depart the field. Werewolf? Yeah. 